Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks Podcast, Facebook Live Edition. Uh, I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. My name is Bill Devil, Recovery Coach uh, from Montana's Peer Network. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode, Recovery Talks. And today, our topic is going to be uh, recovery timelines, making a recovery timeline. Bill and I are going to be talking about the benefits and what the heck is a recovery timeline, right, Bill? Correct. Go ahead. Well, I just recently redid a recovery timeline, and it's important to know that a recovery timeline isn't your lifeline. It's it's when you when you decided that you were in recovery. Now, when I did mine, I kind of I kind of went back a little ways and started when so I didn't know, might not know I was in recovery yet, but that was the last date that I used. Okay. And so I still was in recovery even though I hadn't committed to it yet. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty common. I think there's a lot of people like that, Bill. I I don't think that's unusual at all. I think when people reflect back, they find, oh, they were actually, the recovery had started, even though they didn't realize it, right? Correct. That was the way it was for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you, how did you do yours? Did you sit down with a piece of paper and did you start? So I did mine on the computer kind of horizontally up and down. Um, I started with the year, the month. I then put my age um, mm. and, and then I put the event that took place. So like um, June of 2007, mm-hmm. arrested for the last time. Now I didn't know it was gonna be the last time I got arrested, but that was the last time I got arrested. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So I did mine. I I did mine on a uh, Excel spreadsheet, and I and I went, uh, you know, across the columns. And similar to you, I put the date, and then I put uh, the next box. So it was a lot larger. I put the event, but I didn't do the age part, which was interesting. Uh, when you told me that in the warm up here. I was like, oh yeah, that would be a good idea to probably add that. But I didn't originally uh, put that in mind. So what the age did for me by putting the age in is it kind of put things for me in perspective of, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm reflecting and, you know, at the time I don't care that I'm 38 years old living with my mom and dad. It's, mm-hmm. who cares? Looking back at that, I can reflect and see that I wasted a lot of time because of decisions that I was making. And I was 38 years old and 
I hadn't taken care of some of the things that a lot of people at that age were taking care of. And so okay. it was it was a good reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was definitely a couple of my takeaways too, was it gave me perspective and, um, you know, in writing it, of course, it made me begin to um, reflect back to certain times and there were <clears throat> certain chains of events that I was like, did this happen first? Then that happened, or did that happen? And then this, and I kind of, you know, and and it took me a while. Uh, it took me quite a while. I would say the better part of an hour to do it because you know it was some of it was easy to sort of lay out, and then there were parts. Yeah, I was like, especially in the beginning when I was really sick. You know, I was in recovery. I was going to groups, to treatment, mental health center, all that stuff. But it was hard to remember exactly. Like, well, when when was that? You know, when when did that when did that actually happen before this or after also the time of year i don't know did you put down the month or the i i did like if i knew the month i put the month but i some of them i had to just put like the season i i usually was able to put the month i mean okay. i mean i might have been off a month ahead or a month behind but i was i think i was pretty pretty accurate on on the month hmm. well, one of the things i noticed i have a lot of springtime you know little marks in my timeline like i knew it was in the spring like wasn't in the summer wasn't in the winter definitely wasn't in the fall but as i look at the timeline you know linear like oh i said spring 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 was interesting. I'm not sure I ever drew that conclusion before. That seems to be a time when things seem to happen in my recovery, or I'm I'm ready for things to happen. Maybe that. I was going to say a lot of mine would happen late spring, early summer, or a lot of the the times that I remember. Now, now a good portion of my recovery was up in Seattle, and so. Up there, you have a lot of seasonal, whatever that disorder is called, and so I don't know if that's when I remember things happening or mm. or 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 what. But for for me, a lot of things kind of happened spring, summer, even you know, even the beginning of where I started my timeline of being in recovery, not knowing that I was going to be in recovery long term. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, one of the big takeaways for sure for me, the word that really came to mind was the first one that I that I wrote down in preparing for this podcast was uh, gratitude. Because hmm. um, it really made me think of the people, the places, and the things that really influenced me um you know whether they were words of wisdom or peaceful places new experiences uh places i'd gone um that the word gratitude really came out like just so thankful um <clears throat> for all those little things because when you're in the middle of it i don't know that i 
acknowledge that. I don't know if I could acknowledge that. And so it really took doing the timeline to really see, oh, yeah, this had to happen, or this person said this to me, or I had this experience. And then that led me to this bigger event, this positive event in recovery. And then from that point, it opened up like a whole new world for me. You know, the big one in my timeline was moving like you. My recovery was mostly in Chicago and that moving from Chicago to Montana was monumental. I mean, in my life, it changed, changed everything. So similar to that, in my timeline, I was able to, to recognize when I committed to recovery and then believed that I was in recovery. Mm. And, and that period of time is like, okay, I'm committed to recovery. That's like, you know, I'm into recovery a year mm-hmm. and a half. Mm-hmm. And then I don't believe and, and, you know, have some sense of security that some event's going to derail me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I believed and, mm-hmm. uh, that didn't happen for another three years once I was committed. I think about the people, you know, you we were talking about the people in your life that helped you. And, I, you know, my case manager, my mentor, my sponsor, mm-hmm. all these people encouraging me and giving me tough love when I need it and um, not sugarcoating things and calling me on my stuff. Um, and uh, being able to look back and reflect on all that gratitude is huge because you realize that these people cared for you when you didn't know how to care for yourself. You were just trying to figure out, you know, your mental health stuff as well as your SUD stuff. And, and, you know, you're just plugging along and plugging along and plugging along um, yep. And and then there's this this moment where you're like, not only are you committed to recovery, but you believe that it can happen for you, which is really neat because then then you get to share that with others. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think on my timeline, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, and I, for me, there's a definite switch that happens when I um, become a peer supporter. You know, when I take on that role of being a peer supporter, it sort of elevates my recovery to a whole new level. Um, Because, yes, I think like you, you know, I have this time period where you're you're just doing the things. People are telling you, do these things, go to counseling, you know, right, take your medication, all those things. And then there's a period where I start, exerting some choice and a voice in my recovery because I'm, I'm believing in it. But, you know, for me, it was, I mean, I had 14 years in recovery before I started, you know, before I moved into that role of being a peer supporter. And then when I reflect from that time period forward, it's completely different. Like it really took me to a whole new level in recovery because you're giving back and you're 
you know, some of it's paid, some of it's volunteering, but it just was kind of like, it was like pressing fast forward <laughs> on the recovery journey, right? Because as a peer supporter, how you grow yourself in your own journey, because you're articulating, you know, your experience. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like a rocket, you know, it just really moves me to the next level. And I think I needed that in my own experience. I mean, I could have carried on without being a peer supporter and getting involved with the recovery movement and starting programs, and I'd be doing something totally different. But my journey wouldn't be as sweet. I mean, it wouldn't be as good. You know, becoming a peer supporter changed changed everything for the good, you know, even more so. One of the other things that I noticed being able to go through the timeline is is my ability to feel emotions mm. and so you know that period of time where i'm in recovery and i'm committed to it i was kind of robotic in a way where i was just mm -hmm. going through the motions making sure that i kept my daily recovery right. routine just you know plugging away plugging away plugging away plugging away and then like you my first you know big event in my recovery was moving from Seattle to Montana and becoming employed. First five years of my recovery, I was employed. But when I made that move and I was able to be employable, I think I started to experience feelings like joy, the, the self-doubt, the and I know that's a negative emotion, but it, it can be handled in a healthy way um, mm -hmm. because we have a recovery toolbox and we're moving forward. And I hadn't been yeah. employed in 10 years and stuff. And so so all these right. emotions are coming coming to the surface that I haven't really had to be exposed to because mm -hmm. of where my recovery journey is at. And I got all these recovery tools that I can use and I'm able to experience good and bad emotion. Mm -hmm and neither one have a negative effect on my right. daily routine. For, for me, that was, um, I, never, I never recognized when that, that happened, where I can have good and bad emotions throughout mm -hmm. a day and it mm -hmm. not affect my recovery. So that was pretty right. interesting to, to see as well. Yeah, sounds like you, know, you, have the skill, you had the skills to handle it, Right. Whereas there was a time when you couldn't, you, you didn't, didn't have the skills to be able to handle that. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, adversity makes us stronger, right? I mean, if we're, we have the tools to handle it, we work through it, it grows our self-esteem, right? Our confidence, our ideas about what's possible. Um, I think that's, that's huge. Another thing that I took away from my timeline is that, you know, I have, uh, I mean, my recovery started in 1994, but throughout the timeline, I'm continuing to work at it and work at it and work at it and work at it. And that's, it's sort of amazing to me because I think about, you know, early on and just thinking, I'm just trying to get through right now, you know, this hour, right? Right. But to think for 20, 20, more than 25 years, I'm still processing it. I'm still working at it. And I remember uh, 
so I had a I had a counselor not not that long ago, you know, who asked me about my recovery, was asking me questions about it, my views about it, and and actually, you know, asked me about did I did I still view myself as in being in recovery, right? Because it's been so long, you know, and I think for people who don't who who haven't had this experience. I think it's hard for people to understand that it's not it's not a start and stop. It's not it's not a short little race. You're not trying to get to a certain point. It's like something you keep working on and I keep working on it for fear of regressing backwards and going back to where I was. I don't know I don't know how you feel about that, Bill. Well, for me, for sure, there's a a healthy fear of becoming complacent uh, because a lot of my thinking is still not good thinking or, you know, inappropriate or not, you know. The difference is, is that I'm able to recognize my thoughts, have a filter of knowing what, if I act on those thoughts, the results of those thoughts are, and moving past those and and living in a correct manner, which doesn't harm myself or others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I know I need to, to stay connected spiritually and emotionally and physically so that I stay healthy. And so I have to stay connected. I have to stay focused. I have to be diligent. It's it's just like diabetes. If 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 a diabetic doesn't take their insulin, you know, when they do their stuff, they you know, they can they can die, they can get hospitalized, they can, you know, there's all kinds of side effects if you don't take your your insulin. I need to stay in recovery so that I don't regress or so I don't die or have to go to the crisis center because I blew a gasket, you know. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're if you're listening to this and you've never done a recovery timeline, there's no right or wrong way to write it out or type it out or draw it out. There, there's no really right or wrong way. You can do it you know, by hand or, you know, computer program. But I would encourage people to do it, to really see wherever you are. I mean, wherever you are in your journey, sort of your timeline of events in recovery. This is not about the the stuff that happened before. Whenever you consider you got into recovery, write it out, write the events. You know, Bill put his age on his, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 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 see what happens. I think you'll find it to be a pretty incredible experience when you see it written out. You know, one of the one of the conclusions that that I came away with um, in in the whole, you know, there's there's gratitude and you get to reflect and is is the fact that when we stay in recovery the word resilience just keeps on coming to the forefront of my head because 
there's a good five or six times throughout that timeline where things could have gone either way. Oh, I yeah. Either, I either could have stayed in recovery or I could have just said, um, I'm done. I'm, I'm right. and, and, and so it, it kind of gave me a healthy, a healthy shot of being grateful and, mm-hmm. and thankful for the choices that I made to, to stay in recovery. Not only recovery is possible, but recovery is, is worth it because I get to feel joy. I get to feel love. I get to feel compassion. And there's always the opposites of those, but I'm grateful that I can feel them, know that those feelings aren't forever. They last for a period of time. And I have tools that I can use to work through those negative emotions. So I, I get to live today. I get to feel the whole the whole array of emotions without without having to self medicate or right. um, go into some sort of psychosis because I can't handle the emotions that are coming at me. And so I just think it's beautiful, it's just a beautiful thing to be able to live. Um, and so. For that, I'm really, really grateful. That's great, Bill. The freedom, the freedom of recovery. Yeah. And and that's well said. And I I think we'll wrap it up right there. I I can't top that, Bill. That's that's perfect. You said it. You well, you encapsulated all everything of what, what we're talking about. Why we're encouraging people. That was that was perfect. So, uh, to you, the listener, thanks so much for tuning in to another Recovery Talks. If you'd like to be a guest, just shoot us an email. Jim at Montana uh, mtpeernetwork.org. Uh, if you got a topic you want us to cover on one of the podcasts, send us that too, and we're happy to talk about it. Right, Bill? Of course. Stay true to your recovery, guys. Okay. See you later. See ya. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.